0: now wait a minute what is happening there is frustration but uh i want people to know there's a lot of help coming i don't think anybody anticipated the breach of the levees.
1: i don't think anyone can tell you with any uh, confidence right now whether the levees will be topped or not uh,
0: but that's obviously a very very great concern now wait a minute what is happening listen here's the problem that uh, happened in katrina there was no situational awareness and that means that we weren't getting good solid information from people who were on the ground. I want to assure the folks at the state level that uh, we are fully prepared. Now wait a minute, what is happening? To not only help you during the storm, but we will move in whatever resources and assets we have at our disposal after the storm to help you. We had a thousand gallons of diesel fuel on a Coast Guard vessel docked in my parish. The Coast Guard said, come get the fuel right away. When we got there with our trucks, they got a word. FEMA says, don't give you the fuel to realize our fellow citizens were in near panic, wondering where, where where the help was. Now, wait a minute. What is happening? One reason we weren't is because communication systems got wiped out. Yesterday, yesterday, FEMA comes in and cuts all of our emergency communication lines. They cut them without notice. Our sheriff, Harry Lee, goes back in. He reconnects the line. He posts armed guards on our line and says, no one's getting near these lines. Mm-hmm. And in many cases, we were relying upon the media, who happened to have better situational awareness than the government. My gut tells me, I told you guys, my gut was that this is a bad one and a big one. Everyone everyone within FEMA is, is actually on call. This is, put it mildly, the big one and when you have the media have better situational awareness in the government, the American people are saying, wait a minute, what is happening?
1: This is a category five hurricane, uh, very similar to Hurricane Andrew in the maximum intensity, but there's a big, big difference. This hurricane is much larger than Andrew ever was.
0: Now, wait a minute, what is happening?
1: So you don't agree with that report that calls the U.S. court woefully unprepared? So I want to make absolutely clear to everyone that the greatest potential for a large loss of life is still in the coastal areas from the storm surge.
0: I, uh, I think the U.S. is better prepared than woefully unprepared. Now, wait a minute. What is happening? Uh, as you may or may not know, the uh, Superdome about 12 feet below sea level. So I don't know what the heck And I also learned about that roof. I don't know whether that roof is designed to withstand stand a five hurricane. So not to be kind of gross here, but I'm concerned about NDMS and medical and DMORT assets, and they respond to a catastrophe within a catastrophe.
2: Why these people, after six days, are still in this filthy, filthy, miserable convention
1: center? Why are they still here? There's the freeway here. I tell you what I would have done, what I would still do, I would say, let them walk out of here. Let them walk away from the filth. Let them walk away from the devastation. Let them walk away from the dead bodies in here.
0: I saw TV reporters uh, interviewing people who were screaming for help. Uh, uh, The scenes looked chaotic. Now, wait a minute. What is happening? We had Walmart deliver three trucks of water, trailer trucks of water. FEMA turned them back. They said we didn't need them. This was a week ago. And desperate. And... uh, I realized that uh, our government was uh, could have done a better job of comforting people. The, the chaotic scenes were uh, very troubling. It was very unsettling for me. Now, wait a minute. What is happening?
3: The House report called the federal response to Katrina, quote, a failure of leadership. It described FEMA as undertrained, understaffed, and overwhelmed. And lay the blame for that with the Department of Homeland Security. For- well,
1: they won't let them walk out of there because I'm standing right above that convention center. And what they've done is they've locked them in there. The government said, you, you go here and, and you'll get help. Or you go in that Superdome and you'll get help. And they didn't get help. They got locked in there and they watched people being killed around them and they watched people starving and they watched elderly people not get any medicine. And now they know it's happening because we've been telling them repeatedly over and over every day. And you know what they're doing now? And I'm not blaming anyone, I'm telling you what's happening. They have set up a checkpoint at the bottom of this bridge that this is the bridge that takes you from new orleans over into gretna from orleans parish into jefferson's parish it's the only way out it's the it's the connection to the rest of the world and they've set up a checkpoint and anyone who walks up out of that city now is turned around you are not allowed to go to gretna louisiana from new orleans louisiana over there, there's hope. Over there, there's electricity. Over there, there's food and water. But you cannot go from there right, to Chef, there. I think the government will not allow you to do it. It's wa-
0: a fact. I want I want to get some perspective here, because earlier today, the images of That is all- perspective. H- hang on a second. That is
1: all the perspective H- you hang-
4: need. You're H- stripping down FEMA. Yeah. Do you think you're being well-served by Secretary Chertoff?
0: I do. I think he's doing a fine job. Now, wait a minute. What is happening? I also know he's willing to uh, accept...
2: Uh, Criticism and respond. I hate the way they portray us in the media. If you see a black family, it says they're looting. See a white family, it says they're looking for food. And you know it's been five days because most of the people are black. And even for me to complain about, I would be a hypocrite because I've tried to turn away from the teacher TV because it's too hard to watch. I've even been shopping before, even giving a donation. So now I'm calling my business manager right now to see what's, what is the biggest amount I can give. And, and just to imagine if I was, if I was down there and those are, those are my people down there. So anybody out there that wants to do anything that we can help with, with the setup, the way America is set up to help the, um, uh, the poor. The, the black people, the, uh, the less well-off, as slow as possible. I mean, this is, we already realize a lot of the people that could help are at war right now, fighting another way, and they, they, they've given them permission to go down and shoot us. George Bush doesn't care about black people.
0: Now wait a minute, what is happening?
5: Welcome to the BS Alert podcast. I am Pyle, your host. You can reach us on the web at www.bsalert.com. Our podcasts are available on iTunes. so search for BS Alert. Or go to podcast.bsalert.com. If you want to send me a message, it's pile at BSAlert.com. I want to welcome everybody to today's show, which is show number eight. And it's been several years after Hurricane Katrina, and people are probably wondering... Isn't it kind of passe to do a show about Hurricane Katrina? Well, uh, BS Alert, our our headquarters are in New Orleans. Um, All of us here were here before the storm, after the storm, and are still here. So it's an issue that means a lot to us that we think is really important. Plus, it's also an unresolved issue, and there's a lot of important things relating to what's happened to the city. And we feel that there's a need to... to do this show, if only as a kind of a cathartic experience for ourselves, because many of us really haven't talked about it much, you know, at least not said, you know, how we feel and, and, you know, years after what, you know, what the status is of things. So we've got some special guests. We've got some interesting information. We're going to try to make this funny, but it is a very serious subject and, and uh, it hits all of us. Kind of home, literally, so stay tuned and on with the show. with me as always, is Wise Girl Hi and Uber Bill. Why, hello so we're talking about Hurricane Katrina, or I would probably prefer to say this is not this is not a podcast about hurricane Tr- Katrina. This is a podcast about the destruction of the city of New Orleans and how that came about. And one of the main things we want to do is dispel some myths that are floating around about this whole event. Indeed. We've got a special guest, Sandy Rosenthal from levies.org, and we're going to be uh, talking with her a little bit later. And she's going to give us some specifics about their case against the Army Corps of Engineers and the uh, government and what that involved. In the meantime, we thought a good thing to talk about would be the myths that are floating around about Hurricane Katrina and what's happened to the Gulf Coast in New Orleans, and what people think, and what is reality.
6: (laughs) Not usually, they usually do not
5: coincide. So, the situation with Hurricane Katrina was there was a storm in the Gulf of Mexico, and it came down upon the Gulf Coast, and the wind blew. Uh, There was a storm surge. That's when the storm pushes a big wave of water and it goes up on the land and creates suddenly where you're on dry land, you're not on dry land anymore. totally gnarly. Yeah, yeah, very surfable. Um, In this case, uh, the way Louisiana was set up and there was various canals that were designed to accommodate the oil and gas industry, which basically served as a funnel and allowed the storm surge to go right into the city, since the city is below sea level, our sewage or not our sewage system, but our drainage system is in the form of canals throughout the city, and we have pumping stations that remove the water and pump it into these canals, which then go into the lake and other areas. And uh, what happened was the water from the Gulf backed up into the uh, drainage canals, and then the seawalls protecting the drainage canals from the city, some of them failed, and then what we had was we had uh, water pour into the city. Which is a big bowl. Right, right. It's not that bad of a bowl, but uh, there's parts 10, 15 feet below sea level. And uh, the city filled up full of water. The event that caused the damage to the city was the city filling up full of water. The actual storm, Hurricane Katrina, was probably not the worst storm that had hit the city. And it's probably not the worst wind damage. And there was very little water damage from the actual storm itself. But when the city filled up full of water, that's when we had a lot of trouble. Um, Watching the news, everybody that I was watching it with when we evacuated was ecstatic because it seemed like when the storm hit, it wasn't that bad. Even people in the city, you know, a lot of people in the city said, well, this is, it could have been a lot worse. Yeah, but it was no big deal. And then,
6: and then the water came.
5: Yeah. And then all of a sudden it was like somebody turned on some faucets. You know, you know, we're used to dealing with that with, uh, sometimes every once in a while during a big rainstorm, a pump will fail and, you know, we'll get a little bit of rising water, but. Obviously, this was a whole different deal. (laughs) Not not
3: like 10 feet in 10 minutes. Right. (laughs)
5: Right. Right. I don't know if it was 10 feet in 10 minutes. Yeah, I think it
3: was in in Lakeview in the Lower Ninth Ward.
5: Oh. And it stuck around for quite some time. Right. So basically, uh, the city evacuated, most of the city was evacuated by that time, and then things got really, really bad, and uh, the city tried to kind of take care of the situation, but... Uh, preparing for a hurricane and preparing for the entire city to being underwater are two different things. And the feds were supposed to get involved, and they did get involved, kind of. And it it seems like at every juncture where they got involved, both before the storm, during, and after, has been a disaster. And that's really kind of what we want to talk about. And we're not really trying to beat up on the government, even though it seems like that's all BS Alert does. And it's so easy. (laughs) But uh, this is just... I don't know if there's anything we can compare this to. Well,
6: the government's mandate is ultimately to protect us right, from, right. you know, th- all threats. And they failed utterly in this instance.
5: And uh, Uber Bill, I mean, you can give us a couple of examples of just how everything they did was kind of double-edged, you know. When...
6: Sure. They, you know, their resources were squandered everywhere. The people all over the country and all over the world gave New Orleans and the Gulf Coast. They sent us all kinds of stuff in manpower and equipment and medical supplies uh there were uh container boats full of medical supplies from i know for sure from italy that were just left to rot uh firemen from places like ohio and and the northeast uh were stationed by fema in atlanta which is where i evacuated to in atlanta and they never they were just they were there for weeks and weeks and never sent uh so just the squandering of resources when the city, was in, the city and the Gulf Coast were in desperate need of resources was, was no good. Uh, even trying to prepare for the next hurricanes, uh, the Army Corps of Engineers bought these pumps, which Pyle described, that pump water, they're giant, uh, and they bought pumps that they knew were faulty. They installed these pumps, uh, and the only reason that they bought these pumps was because they were sold by a company that was politically collect- connected. Uh, the, a company right. that the guy who owned it was uh, hooked in with Bush, Jeb Bush in Florida. The company's name was actually Bush L, which sounds <laughs> like, you know, uh, Superman's cousin or something. Yeah,
5: it's, it's, no, <laughs> it's, it's, it's no coincidence that uh, uh, the lion's share of the money to help Louisiana has gone to some of the same companies that are over in Iraq. Oh, yeah. You oh, know? certainly. I mean, Halliburton was all over the place doing all kinds of stuff.
6: Absolutely. for For a pretty penny.
5: Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. We're among some of the locals that can't speak very uh, favorably of the Red Cross either. I was here. I was down here in the city through this whole mess, and I didn't see the Red Cross anywhere except wherever there was a TV camera. <laughs> Other than that, I didn't see them out there helping anybody. I didn't see them giving away food. I see them set up wherever somebody else was already set up beforehand. Nice. You know.
6: And so, the media. I think we really have to uh, we have to ding the media a bit because- they would report anything. You know, you could you could run up to them, just any yokel off the street, run up to them and be like, "They're they're raping babies with guns,"
5: uh, and, and they'd report it as fact. Yeah. Speaking of that, let, let me give you an example of that. Here's here's a um, this is a classic thing, a news report that was going on during the time. All along the Gulf Coast, many cities, many towns have been devastated. MSNBC's David Schuster is in Biloxi, Mississippi, with the latest there. David, what are you seeing now? Okay. Wait a minute. Now this guy is interviewing this guy, this kid in Mississippi. He's got a, he's shirtless. Of course. Have and you ever he's got, been to Mississippi? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> shirtless, and uh, you know they're standing in front, standing in front of a bunch of debris behind him. And uh, listen to this. This is what the news people were putting on the air. And now I was in the city. I, we didn't have electricity, so I wasn't watching what the rest of the world was seeing. And this is kind of this is a good example. <laughs> Well, Ron, now we've uh, relayed the president's comments to somebody who's right here in the midst of it all, Robert Wack, an auto mechanic in Biloxi. And, uh, Robert, I I just explained to you what we just played about President Bush. What's your reaction?
0: President Bush don't need to be the president no more. President Bush ain't doing his job. We got the whole coastline destroyed. I'm out here starving, hungry i finally got me a bottle of water and able to call my mama
5: robert robert where do you where do you live i mean where what, what's what's the problem right now where I do you live, live
0: right off porter avenue on judge siegel and i mean my apartment's still standing but i ain't got no hope i'm finna leave if i can get gas and leave i mean so you need you need to get-
5: that's a white guy by the way <laughs> okay not
0: the gasoline technology. you're not getting gasoline what else the police are buying up every drop of gas that is out there they're they're mobbing the stores, and they won't let no one get no gas. I'm stuck here now because I ain't got no gas. I'm looking at that black car back there, and I'm finna go get me some gas. <laughs> <laughs>
6: nice. That's quite a
5: source. Oh, and they, they keep – and the guy won't leave, right? They've got it, you know, he, the the newscaster is – Continues to talk, and he's like,
3: "I'm gonna get. Wait, well, you got some gas? <laughs>
5: <laughs> Please go away." Well,
6: hey,
3: you know, gas was hard to come by at that point in time. I but,
5: recall. I mean, they were reporting
6: that people were opening fire on Coast Guard helicopters, and none of that shit happened. Like, right. n- not none of it. People, I mean, people were saying j- people were jumping to their deaths in the Superdome, and I mean, they were reporting anything anyone said, and they didn't they didn't care
5: that it, if it was true or not. Right. It's uh, really sad. And then it seemed like everywhere FEMA got involved, it was one debacle after another.
6: FEMA, which it should be pointed out, was a highly respected government uh, agency back during the Clinton years. It even rose as high as a cabinet-level position, the director of FEMA. Uh, And then it got rolled into the DHS, and the head of it was uh, Brownie, Michael Brown, who, of course, if you don't know, you you should know because the guy was uh, a—well, he was an idiot.
5: Well, he knew a lot about Arabian horses. He did. There. That's
6: right. He was the administrator of the Arabian
5: Horse Association, or something like that. Yeah. Well, he probably also stayed at a Holiday Inn Express. <laughs> so let's let's not, you know, let's cut him some slack. Oh, right. Yeah. He's a scapegoat, of course. So one of the things that we want to touch on: there's so many rumors and so much misinformation about Katrina. So Wise Girl has prepared a kind of a top ten list, and we may have more than ten. I don't know, of myths about Katrina that that we're going to set the record straight. Uh, Number one, Katrina was an incredibly huge, powerful storm, basically the worst thing that could possibly have happened to New Orleans hurricane-wise. That's pretty much what people were saying.
3: Right. And to be fair, uh, when it was offshore, it was indeed an extraordinarily powerful hurricane and an extraordinarily large hurricane, Uh, and it looked extremely scary. (laughs) However, by the time it came to landfall... It had dropped down from a Category 5, the strongest category, to a Category 3 storm.
5: Right. It was not even a Category 5. Anything up to a Category 4, the residents here are like, eh,
3: you
5: know. (laughs) Category 5 makes you rethink, you know.
6: Yeah, Category 3 is like the sea student of hurricane.
3: Yeah, yeah. The highest winds experienced in Katrina on land, in Louisiana at least, were approximately 125 miles per hour which is, you know, fast.
5: <laughs> but it's not going to blow buildings down or anything like
3: that. Right. Uh, and uh, by comparison, Hurricane Andrew, when it made landfall, had sustained winds of 142 miles per hour. So, and, and we saw the the destruction that it caused in Florida was mostly wind damage. Mm-hmm. New Orleans didn't get that kind of wind damage. It it certainly got some, but uh, it didn't get that much.
5: So to summarize, what we're... What, uh, Katrina was a Category 5 when it was in the Gulf. When right. it made landfall, it was a Category 3. It was not the worst hurricane to ever hit the city. Uh, winds in, in the New Orleans area were estimated to be Category 1 and 2. They weren't even, even uh, that bad, according to uh, levees.org, and we'll have Sandy on, and she can talk about that later. Uh, right. Also, it was not a direct hit. It was not the perfect storm, as some of these people were saying. Not at all.
6: You know, uh, it was the
3: perfect storm for places like Biloxi. To the
5: east, right.
3: Sort of. Except even there it was only a Category 3. But still, they were in the in the the strongest part of the hurricane. New Orleans was basically in one of the weaker sections. So it got a, a much lighter hit. And uh, let's face it, if New Orleans ever does get a direct hit from a Category 4 or 5, it will be in much, much worse shape. Yeah, yeah. Katrina also had... Fairly light rains for a hurricane, only 8 to 10 inches recorded in the New Orleans area.
5: Which is nothing for us down here. Yeah, I mean, it's
3: like you good thunderstorms. <laughs> it's a bad that. week. <laughs> I mean, just
5: slow down from like 80 to like 78 on the interstate. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay, uh, another uh, myth. Uh, one of the main reasons Katrina was such a disaster was that not enough people evacuated. There was a lot of criticism about uh, the way the city of New Orleans handled uh, the evacuation. And this is particularly ironic, isn't it, Wise
3: Girl? It's, it's tremendously ironic because the evacuation for Hurricane Katrina was the single most successful evacuation in the history of the U.S. Yes. Of an ur- urban area. And of they it, were studies, think- right?
5: FEMA commissioned a study by a prestigious organization to, to analyze the hypothetical of what would happen if a storm hit the city. And uh, they were supposed to run all these simulations, right? And how, they estimated uh, at best... What percentage of the population could the city evacuate?
3: Like, uh, I don't actually have that figure, but they estimated... I thought it was like 70%. I, I think that's, that's about average for uh, evacuations of U.S. cities. That's it's kind of what you normally expect, is maybe 70%, somewhere around there. And uh, in those simulations, they estimated that with only 70% evacuating, uh, they estimated there would be approximately 60,000 dead in the event of a Category 3 hurricane striking New Orleans. Wow. So compare that to the actual death toll, and you get an idea of just how successful that evacuation was. Instead of 70%, it was 90% or higher, absolutely unheard of in terms of effectiveness. Now, obviously, there was room for improvement, I mean they didn't There's always
6: room. right it's but the uh, government this, there's right. always room
5: for room for. it's it's what the, what we're saying here is that uh, we we'd put the city of New Orleans up against any city anywhere in the world and challenge them to to have a better evacuation plan and be able to execute it. I I mean it's amazing that that, that was one of the things that some people said uh, were at fault. You know, and you saw those pictures of the school buses in in underwater that some of the news were showing. Well, look, why didn't they get the people out? Well, they need to understand most of the people that were still in the city refused to leave. Right. It's not that right. uh, and 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 why is that one of the main reasons is because a lot of people had pets. And um or in, in, they didn't you know, and there was they, elderly family members that couldn't move. Right. But uh, uh there was a lot of people with animals that would not leave the animals behind and there was no plan to deal with the animals.
3: Right. And uh, right. That was one of the big problems. Uh, there there weren't any provisions made for people without transportation to get them out? I mean, they they tried. There there were, you know, systems in place where you were supposed to try and check with a neighbor and stuff like that.
5: And then you know, the city was criticized for not utilizing the buses. But the problem was, as the mayor said, well, who's going to drive the buses? Right. There was no bus drivers, and right. the you same
6: know. people that that bitched about not driving the buses. If one of those buses, you know, flew off of a interstate and into a into the swamp and killed all the drivers, then, oh my God, the mayor killed all these people right. by forcing them to get on this bus.
3: Right. Yeah, yeah.
5: Okay, uh, another myth is that Katrina destroyed New Orleans, that the hurricane was what really caused damage to the city. Now, that is basically really false. I mean, the truth of the matter is, had the seawalls not failed and the city been flooded, uh, we would have been probably back up and running within a couple of weeks. I mean, we'd have had power on probably within a week or two in, in most areas. And uh, the, the wind damage was, I mean, it was substantive in certain areas, no doubt about it, you know.
3: Yeah, but broken windows is not the same as sitting in six feet of water for a month.
5: For several months, you know. I mean, like the entire New Orleans East uh, infrastructure, communications, electrical, telephone, all that was run underground.
6: And it's still fucked. I and, mean, yeah. I mean stoplights don't work in some sections of the city.
5: I, at least in New Orleans, you know, in in other areas of the city, all of the utilities were run on telephone poles, and those are pretty easy to fix. But when you got the utilities underwater and it's been flooded for a month or two, at, your whole infrastructure's gone. Right.
2: Yep.
5: And so, But basically what destroyed the city was the failure of the seawalls. The walls that were separating the residential areas from these drainage canals.
3: Right. You may have heard them referred to as levees, yes. but they're not traditional levees in, in the normal right. sense of the word. A le-
5: we have a levee that separates us from the Mississippi River as it snakes through the city. That levee did that, not...
3: That worked fine. Yeah, there was no
5: problem there. But the canals, which were under the control of the Army Corps of Engineers, th- those are what failed. And um, that's what destroyed the city, period. It was not... The, and in fact, we just, it's almost inappropriate to say, you know, the destruction from Hurricane Katrina. I mean, Hurricane Katrina was a partial cause, but not the main cause. The main cause was... Um, Call it the catalyst, Yeah. The right. main cause was we had faulty seawalls.
3: Right. I mean, Katrina created the storm surge that overwhelmed the flood walls. But those flood walls were supposed to be built to withstand a Category 3 storm. And they did not.
6: Right. Places like Gulfport or Past Christian, those were destroyed by Katrina. Yes. But uh, New Orleans was not.
5: And again, on those coastal cities, you it was like, you know, the eight blocks right near the sea. You could go ten blocks in and the houses were fine. And I drove through Biloxi and I drove through Gulfport and it was like that. If you drove along the coast, wham, that house is gone. That I mean, house like, is gone. gone.
6: Yeah, they were, they were just But gone. you know
5: what? You go two blocks past it. Right. And there's people sitting on their front porch drinking a mint julep, you know, watching TV. <laughs> so, of course, when the news rolls up, they don't park in front of, you know, the Waffle House where everybody's at. They go find some slab, you know. and With a shirtless uh, car mechanic. And I finna go get me some gas. Yeah. Some
3: yeah. Gas. <laughs> uh, on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, everything was, like, wiped out. But you could come back the next day and rebuild if you had the funds.
6: Right. Right.
3: You you didn't have to...
6: Like Mr. Lott, Senator Lott.
3: People weren't even allowed into New Orleans for a solid month after Katrina.
5: Right. Mm -hmm. Okay, next what we've got is that the vast majority of people devastated by Katrina were poor black people.
3: And this really just isn't quite 100% true. Uh, Certainly poor black people were hit very hard by the storm, but blacks and whites of all income levels were affected pretty much equally. For example, the number of deaths due to the storm were split almost evenly between blacks and whites. Uh, lots of largely black areas, like the Lower Ninth Ward, were hit extremely hard, but so were mostly white areas, like mm-hmm. the uh, well-off neighborhood of Lakeview and the more working-class St. Beauregard Parish.
5: And, of course, uh, Chalmette was almost all white, too. Exactly. And that, that was just wiped off the map. And
3: plenty of upper-class upper, upper class and middle-class Black areas were also hit quite hard, like New Orleans East and mid-city areas. So there was plenty of misery to go around, let me tell you.
6: And this is true, but I I feel like as a total experience, poor black people have been disproportionately affected
3: oh like, they they have they absolutely have because they didn't have the resources right I
6: mean, they don't have the reason they don't have necessarily flood insurance or you know their house was all they had in a lot of instances
3: right no savings uh, not necessarily the kind of job that would still be there after the hurricane was over right. uh, many of them didn't have relatives living outside the city I mean, a lot of middle class people of, of all races you know would have like the brother or a cousin or somebody who lived in a different city that you could go and crash with for a month if you had to right, right. uh but but some of these poorer poorer families uh, no yeah everybody they knew lived in new orleans on the same block right which right. was now destroyed which, oh, it, it certainly did hit the poor black families much harder than it hit the other families but it hit all of them equally pretty much equally right
5: another myth is that the aid effort immediately following Katrina were hampered by extraordinary violence, murders, rapes, people shooting at rescue helicopters from the rooftops, you know. Being here in the city, we heard the rumors. We weren't watching TV, and it was, you know, don't go out, they're shooting everybody. It was crazy. And, of course, apparently people all were seeing that on the news, too. The problem is, is that...
3: None uh, of it was true.
5: Right, it was all pretty much blown out of proportion.
3: There were basically no murders. there were maybe two rapes, which you know, two is too many. But but still, for a city of, of this size in a state of utter chaos. it's really not too bad. New Orleans
6: crime statistics actually took quite the dip <laughs> during <laughs> and after Katrina. Right,
3: right.
5: I mean, there were. There's obviously some issues like the there was a there was that shooting by the police of these people on the bridge that oh, they're right. they're investigating. And there was some stuff like that, but that was a NOPD. One of the things that I really can't say anything bad about in my experience is the National Guard. You know, they came down and they were very professional. There might have been a few bad apples here and there, that, Fair but my experience was that was the one, that was the one organization that really did Had come its down shit here. shit together. Them and the Coast Guard.
0: No.
5: You know, so not all the federal agencies or you know the, the outside agencies uh, screwed things up. Just most of them. (laughs) Speaking of that, um, we'll get to another myth. Uh, The federal government has already spent $100 billion to rebuild New Orleans.
3: Now, that's a figure that comes directly from our beloved leader, President Bush. Uh, $100 billion the government has already spent towards rebuilding new orleans and
5: and and levies.org says it's 110 billion i don't know exactly how much it is
3: well he probably you know ratchets it up every time he gives a new speech (laughs) first of all 100 billion is not just the money that went to louisiana it's the money that went toward rebuilding every place that was affected right that money
5: was spread out among texas louisiana mississippi alabama and florida and that was for three storms you know katrina Rita and, and Wilma. And Wilma. <laughs> uh,
3: it also includes payments on flood insurance claims.
5: $20 billion.
3: Which, you know... They have to pay People regardless. were paying for those flood insurance right. policies. It's not like, you know, that money is a charity giveaway. It was insurance. People bought the insurance and they paid the insurance. They ins- were
6: required, in fact, by right. the federal government. Uh, right. And
3: it also included all the, mu- the costs of cleaning up after the disaster. All the debris removal, all of the uh, trucking in of electrical cruise to to try and get things back online, Hmm. just massive amounts of that money went not so much for the rebuilding as for immediate... Cleaning off the (laughs) shit. Yeah, and you know, (laughs) I ran
5: into people that were blowing into the city because it was like a gold rush for them, you know? If a guy had an airboat, he could get paid 80 bucks an hour to just cruise around.
6: If you had a big truck and could haul debris, you could make all kinds of cash as yeah. a, con- a subcontractor to a contractor to FEMA.
5: Another myth. As the president said, we had no idea it would be this bad. Now, wait a minute. What is happening?
3: Uh, well, that's just complete and utter nonsense. Right.
5: right. In our, our, our little montage I put together, I think I showed that, you hear the president talking in between uh, actual recordings from FEMA meetings before mm-hmm. the hurricane hit the city. So we've got it. It's pretty indisputable.
3: And right. It, it was it was a well known fact by pretty much everybody <laughs> that a hurricane, a, a direct strike by a powerful hurricane on the city of New Orleans, was pretty much the single worst possible natural disaster facing the U.S. It was on a list. FEMA had a list, and it was on the top of the <laughs> list.
6: Yeah, it's like a big ass hurricane in California or big ass earthquake in California, or big hurricane in the Gulf. Those were the. Well, let's those-
3: not forget the New Madrid seismic zone earthquake that <laughs> that would. Actually, be worse than an earthquake in California. Oh, nice. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> so there, there are plenty to go around. But New Orleans was number one.
5: <laughs> which leads us into another myth, which is uh, people say that uh, the people of New Orleans are idiots for living below sea level or a place that's prone to hurricanes. It's like, well, you know what? That why are you guys living down there? You know, it's your own fault. Why should we pay to rebuild the city when it's like a danger zone? You know, and my response, of course, is, well, you name me a place where there's no natural disasters. You know, I mean, we don't have earthquakes here. You <laughs> no, know, no. at least we get some warning when when the whole city's going to get destroyed. No mudslides, no uh, forest fires,
3: no avalanches.
5: Ooh, no avalanches. <laughs> no sinkholes. Very little hail. No tsunamis. <laughs> I mean, I guess yeah, a
3: tsunami is technically possible, but sure, yeah, a rain of frogs from
5: time to time, or fire uh, brimstone boils. <laughs>
3: Hey, let's not forget the giant uh, asteroid striking the earth. Right, oh, right, 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 I right, mean, right. Any place is susceptible. Yeah, to that,
5: this is the thing that ticks me off. If you want, if you want me to just get in your face, you could make some kind of ignorant statement like that. Well, y'all live down there where a uh, below sea level. Well, you get, you know, I mean, let me tell you something. Uh, the pumps that we're using to keep the city dry were designed over a hundred years ago. So it's not like this is some amazing thing that we can't overcome with technology i mean you know 50 60 years ago we were using exactly the same system and it's not been an issue
3: the entire country of the netherlands is below sea level they and, do just fine yeah right. they they built some some big ass dikes and some following incredible following sea walls. A huge
6: flood in right? the early uh, 20th century they built they they manned up and built big ass uh, walls and pumps And they haven't had a problem since. Yeah,
5: and we wouldn't have had a problem either if our flood protection had been built to spec to the way it was designed, (laughs) if it wasn't completely screwed up and just faulty from the beginning.
6: And you think we're idiots. Wait,
5: you know, live (laughs) in Manhattan. I I want to see San Francisco create something that will stop earthquakes.
6: Right, well, no, just live in Manhattan in 50 years when the water keeps rising. And, you know, talk to me about being a moron. The
3: moral of the story is, if you think you will never... Be in a position to use government help after a natural disaster, hey, more power to you, but you <laughs> are probably wrong.
5: <laughs> yeah, and let's, let's explain something here. Uh, the, the Army Corps of Engineers were responsible for, for the uh, f- flood protection that failed. And the Army Corps of Engineers have projects in every state in the country. Another myth is that uh, a lot of locals got the contracting work to rebuild New Orleans so that this is a big boon to the local economy.
3: Well, it, it certainly could have been, but uh, if you ask around, you'll find that basically all almost all the contracts for rebuilding went to large companies from out of state uh, who brought in their own work crews. And frankly, many of these work crews included uh, a lot of undocumented aliens. From south of the border. Who have and, now stayed. Yeah, who, who decided this was a kind of a sweet deal. Well,
6: yeah, how dare they come and build houses <laughs> for us, those bastards.
3: <laughs> well, that we don't have any problem with them building houses for us, but uh, there were local people in desperate need of work who couldn't get hired because they weren't willing to sleep 10 people in an apartment.
5: Right, there's no place to
3: stay. $10 a day.
5: And uh, last but not least, perhaps one of the things that kind of annoys me the most is this general mentality that New Orleans is a bunch of whiners and that uh, we should have been able to take care of this and why are we complaining to the federal government. It's not the federal government's fault what happened in New Orleans, and uh, our guest is going to discuss that in detail. But to give you a little taste of the kind of ignorance that we're up against, here's a clip from Mississippi's Governor Haley Barber right after the storm.
1: No government is large enough to do everything for everybody. Before these hurricanes, you have to have personal responsibility. People have to take it seriously. In Mississippi, most people took it seriously. I'm proud of the fact not one human being lost his or her life in a hospital or a nursing home in Mississippi. None. Hundreds lost their lives in Louisiana. Now, whose fault is that? You would think it's George Bush and the federal government's fault. But Mississippi's got the same federal government Louisiana's got.
6: <laughs> Plus, it, it
3: was a big uh, tradition to build hospitals and nursing homes right on the beach in Mississippi.
5: <laughs> oh, and not only that, Mississippi was also under 15 feet of water, right? <laughs> they, no, had, no. they had the Army Corps of Engineers put some kind of defective thing in their city which basically destroyed it. It's the same exact scenario. It's apples and apples. You notice he didn't say how many Mississippians were killed by sheep.
3: By (laughs) sheep? Yeah.
5: (laughs) Farm animals. Mishaps. (laughs) Don't want to compare that to New Orleans. See, he's just cherry-picking the data. (laughs) Okay, uh, but he does bring up an important point. A lot of people are going, "Why, why are the people of Louisiana screaming that the federal government needs to bail them out? And there's a couple of real important issues here. The most obvious is... The city was destroyed. The city was underwater. The infrastructure was just completely obliterated. Half of the population left permanently. It's starting to come back. What do we got? Like two thirds of the population. But there's, there's cities like St. Bernard where everybody left and their sewage system, their electrical system, the whole infrastructure, the fire department, the police department was gone. Now, they have, there's a tax base that generates revenue that pays for all this infrastructure that's gone now. So if you live in that area and you want to come back, and even to this day, there's people that don't have trash service, that don't have sewage service. So how can the city rebuild? I mean, that's, it's catastrophically crippled. Not to mention the fact that, as we're going to see, what happened to New Orleans was the fault of the federal government. It was not the locals. The locals really didn't have a whole lot of control over this flood protection system. And so we are taxpayers, we paid the Army Corps of Engineers to design these crappy seawalls that failed and destroyed us, and yeah, some people We're want a little justice. <laughs> and it, this is not a case, as this dumbass governor from Mississippi is implying, that uh, we do have our hands out. You know, if it if all had been was wind damage from the hurricane, we you know, we wouldn't have needed to have it declare a federal disaster. We could have picked up the pieces and and been talking like the people of Mississippi are. But that's not the same thing. Anyway, this brings us to our special guest. This is uh, Sandy Rosenthal from Levees.org. Welcome, Sandy.
4: Thank you for having me here.
5: Do you want to tell us a little bit about your organization?
4: I'd be happy to. Levy.org was founded just after uh, Hurricane Katrina in 2005 and with a mission of education because we felt that in order for the city of New Orleans and St. Bernard to get the assistance it needed to rebuild, the people of America needed to understand that what happened here in New Orleans and southeast Louisiana was not a natural disaster. It was an engineering disaster. Right. And that uh, communities all across America are in the same uh, – could, it could happen to them just as it happened to us. And until that information is out there, we felt that it would be difficult to get the assistance that we need.
5: And, and you have – you've actually got ad campaigns where you're doing viral videos on YouTube and things like that where you're making people aware that the Army Corps of Engineers has – they have projects everywhere.
4: Right. They have um, projects all across America. In every state that has a river, there are levees, and there, is, there are rivers in all 50 states. And uh, what happened here could happen anywhere. Um, had, the, uh, um, had these levees and flood protection been built right, as authorized, the people of New Orleans would be well on the way to recovery. Uh, they would have had some wet ankles, some um, soggy carpets, and who knows, Mike Brown might still be head of FEMA. <laughs> <laughs> Hold your tongue.
5: <laughs> but uh, I guess, uh, is there a concern? Is there research now that indicates that this same kind of faulty construction is is? Uh, all over the United States.
4: Yes, the uh, the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers released um, about six months ago a list of over 120 levees in about 26 states in danger of failure. Uh, the the state with the most of those levees and the most trouble is California. But about six weeks ago, in the state of Nevada, 4,000 feet above sea level, a river levee broke. In the middle of the night, uh, 450 homes uh, were filled with freezing water on mm-hmm. a winter night, and this was just recently.
5: Mm-hmm. And are they blaming the Army Corps of Engineers, or is there the governor from Mississippi saying it's their own fault? It's,
4: it's interesting. They still haven't explained why that levee broke and whose fault it is. But the point I'd like to make is that this uh little town was four thousand feet above sea level. Mm. And so for people across America to blame the citizens of New Orleans uh for what happened because our city is parts of our city is below sea level, that is a it, it's off base. Right. And the Army
5: Corps engineers they're involved in bridges over over bodies of
4: water too, right? And and also so, um that's correct. And dams as well. Ooh. Ooh.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no no problems could possibly happen if a dam were to, to <laughs> Dam were rupture. Hoover Dam. Yeah. Well,
5: that's Lord. what you get for living, you know, 100 miles down from a dam. You deserve it.
4: <laughs> and uh, I'm proud to say Levy.org has been very instrumental in changing the dialogue uh, most people now all across America do seem to understand that the flooding wasn't directly from because of a storm that the flooding was due to levee failure, and we are getting somewhere with that, but there still is a disconnect uh way too many people, a way too few people understand that our flood protection, like bridges and dams, is a federal responsibility under federal control and this and the citizens of New Orleans, the levee boards have no control over how. The flood protection is designed and built. The only right. responsibility that is local is maintenance, which is essentially cutting the grass and uh, raising our share of to pay for the levees. And believe it or not, the state of Lu- Louisiana must pay up to 30 percent of the money that went into those shoddy levees, and it's going into our future flood protection.
6: Right. And do we have – can we hold them – can the state hold them accountable or how –
4: well wait, before we get to
5: that, yeah. Let's point out that that uh, the city of New Orleans and all of the the Gulf Coast areas have for years have been saying we need we need to make sure our, our the seawalls and the flood. But this is not like this it's not like this suddenly happened and everybody went, "Wow, we should have looked at the walls." <laughs> the, oh, people have been saying for years and years and years, "Let's make sure this stuff is up to spec." There were studies out, right? Long before Katrina hit that there was some concern about this. And the uh this the the state and the city can't do anything about it because when you have a a wall that holds that separates your region from water uh water doesn't stop at parish boundaries or state boundaries this is there's a reason why the feds are involved in this. it has to be regulated on a much larger scale than a simple jurisdictional kind of
4: thing you're right it is difficult for citizens and as well as the uh local governments. To make the core do anything, um, there is no, these brand new levy boards that just got uh, formed. The, the uh, I think about I want to say about four or five levy boards were consolidated down to two. Right. These brand new levy boards have found out that that there is no um there's nothing in the law that gives them the the, uh, the power to tell the core what to do. All they can do is watch and maybe make suggestions. Um, and so it is very difficult but not impossible, and really some changes do need to be made in federal law. Uh, one of the things Levy.org did in 2007 was push for um, something called peer review of core projects. And so now it used to be the core could do what they wanted, when they wanted, and spend as much money as they wanted. Now they have to work with a, a group of peers that are, that don't work for the core, uh, scientists, hydrologists, uh a, another with an outside panel looking in uh, to make sure that they, that the project they do get done right.
5: And which, which brings us to Bill's uh, question, which is who's accountable for this?
6: Yeah. Who, who tells the core? What is it? A, a and what happens, itself?
5: what happens if they, if their construction screws up something, is there a recourse?
4: Well, that's a very good question. Uh, Judge Duval um, on, on, very recently, January 30th, um, released a an opinion on that. And it turns out that because of an 80-year-old law, the Flood Control Act of 1928, uh, the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers cannot be held financially liable for their flood protection projects, even should they fail. So because of this 80-year-old law, there's no incentive for the Corps to build projects right and no punishment should they fail. And this is a problem.
6: Didn't the dismissal leave it on the shoulders of the levy board and the and sewage and water? Or
4: The dismissal, um, according to Judge, uh, judge Duval, he um, implored this, all the citizens all across America to write their members of Congress and demand that law be changed. Well, ah, what
5: I was guess. dismissed? Because um, people may not be familiar with the case. Sure, I'd Charles be happy raised. to
4: tell you. The, uh, the citizens of Lakeview... Uh, filed lawsuit against the Corps uh, for the failure of the Seventeenth, the London, and the Orleans Avenue canals. All of them were outflow canals, and so and this is a
5: class action lawsuit. This
4: was a class action lawsuit uh, called the Katrina Consolidated lawsuit, and uh, Judge Duval, Judge Stanwood Duval, ruled January thirtieth that that you know, on, even though the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers is responsible, they cannot be held financially liable. Huh.
5: So it was proven they were responsible. In court, and as well as by uh, peer-reviewed studies of uh, their work, and according
4: to Judge Duval's opinion, yes.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: But wasn't Federal there like
5: judge. there was another environmental group that went over, and didn't the Corps themselves admit that they were at fault?
4: The Corps on on June first, two thousand six, accepted responsibility for the failure of their system pretty much period. They did not take responsibility for some of the levees in eastern New Orleans being filled with sand instead of clay. They didn't take responsibility for using a safety factor of 1.3, which is appropriate for farmland, not people and not people in their property. They didn't take responsibility for using the wrong standard uh, project hurricane, and they did not take responsibility for, for the mist to go, which has been proven by many models to have funneled storm surge into the heart of the city.
5: Right. A, a big trench that was dug basically for the oil and gas companies that basically directed the storm surge from the hurricane right into the city.
4: And no, no, nobody at the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers has resigned, been fired, or disciplined for the failure of the hurricane protection system that killed over 1,400 people and destroyed the lives of a million people. Right.
5: And the citizens of this area have been... Screaming for years about closing the Mississippi River Gulf Outlet—that's nothing new. Uh, every time a major storm comes, it creates additional damage. It, it erodes uh, the wetlands, and we we lose more. But, but that's under the jurisdiction of the Army Corps of Engineers.
4: That's correct.
5: Now. Are they finally going to close that, that channel?
4: The, the, uh, yes, they are finally going to close it. That decision's been made. Uh, the only decision left is... About the, what, like 30 the... years too late? <laughs> the, the only decision left is uh, how to close it, and there are good ways and bad ways to close it, but that's that's the decision. That's what's Whether still they in the hire works like right
5: KBR or Halliburton. Well, it is the core
6: <laughs> The core are the folk <laughs> who are going to be closing it? Or? That, that's correct. <laughs> the the US oh. one's Ooh, I, it I wonder which one they'll pick, the good or the bad. It, right, but
3: by, by closing it, does that mean... That they fill it in, or that they just stop dredging it? And You've just asked. Ax- You've
4: just asked the magic question: What does closing it mean? And um, let nature take its course, um, build a ridge to keep water out of it, and that's that's still up for discussion, and that decision hasn't yet been made. Well, but
5: it will be peer
6: reviewed. Is that correct? And,
4: right. and it will be peer reviewed.
5: What recourse is there? So this case was has been dismissed. Can it not be appealed?
4: It can be appealed, and uh, and that it is under appeal right now. And there are also two other lawsuits. Uh, currently ongoing, and generally, Levy.org doesn't comment on lawsuit. Uh, levy.org is involved with changing laws hmm. and with um, uh, changing federal laws and education. Um, I've only recently begun to uh, to comment on the lawsuit, um, and, and now that people understand that uh, it's a separate thing, there are, there are many ways to to. To tackle something, and people and, need
5: to understand. Even if you don't care what happens to the people in New Orleans, mm-hmm. this is a very important precedent that's going to affect everybody in the United States. That's
4: exactly right. It affects everybody, and there are two other lawsuits: one with the, involving Mr. Go, and an, and another, and I'll think of it in a moment, uh, currently ongoing. Uh, those, oh, one involving the uh, the Industrial Canal. Both of those were waterways, and the Flood Control Act of 1928 it does not protect. Um, um, a failure of of uh, fl- of navigation ways. It it only protects the core from failure of levees and uh, and flood control. Flood control versus uh, navigation of waterways. So that will be that will be a something for um a lot of people to be watching in the upcoming month. I believe that's scheduled to be heard in September.
2: That's
4: it. So what is the
5: uh, this eight twenty nine commission that y'all talk about?
4: Um, the we have recently um, decided to change it to the 829 Investigation Act. Everything about it is the same except the name. Uh, we we just think it's a more accurate description of of this act. Because it's like
5: basically almost criminal, right? It, and you want to imply it? Uh, yeah.
4: yeah, yeah. The the, uh, the uh, commission. The, the, you know, lots of people don't like the sound of commission. So we said, fine. We'll call it the 829 Investigation Act, and uh, <laughs> it has been set that for about six months. And the point of this investigation is to make sure that an investigation be done by people who don't work for the Corps, never work for the Corps, and never will work for the Corps. Because if you investigate your own work, what do you think you're going to find? <laughs> right. so this it's this, <laughs> So this will only cost about $5 million, uh, which is, which is one-tenth of 1% one of all the money flowing this way uh, to, to rebuild our flood protection. So it's certainly worth the money. That's and, like a set
5: of tires for a Humvee in Iraq.
4: Exactly, exactly. It's so worth the money, and it'll take one year to complete, and you simply get uh, some individuals, uh, like I said, uh, with no stake in the results, and uh, to, to look at the data already collected, collected, and then render an opinion on what happened and what needs to be done about it. And when, when it's over, they will uh, provide a set of recommendations to Congress, and then it will be up to Congress to decide what to do.
6: How, how uh, far along is that?
4: Our senior senator, uh, Mary Landrieu, has uh, expressed a lot of support for it, and her intention is to file the 829 Investigation Act as a bill, and that should be happening very shortly.
5: Are there any opponents of this? Do you want to call some people out in Congress or in Senate who are impeding these efforts?
4: Oh, yes. That I can, I'm, I'm happy to name uh, one major opponent, and that was um, James Inhofe. Uh, who uh, absolutely was against it? He, he in his opinion, uh, he didn't like commissions, and that's why we decided to change the name. But it was more than that. He, he seemed to think, well, we know what happened. Uh, why, why do we need to yeah, he uh, heard, take in a w- look at it? He
5: heard what Haley Barber said. That was good enough for him.
6: <laughs>
4: and 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 you know, if if members of Congress uh, feel it's important enough to look at steroid use, okay, f- <laughs> we. we you would. We feel that they should be. Everybody is interested in finding out why uh, an entire American city was brought to its knees, yeah. and and why they should understand why we need an investigation that's irrefutable and and non-controversial.
5: Yeah, and this this is going to happen again. It's an inevitability. It's going to happen somewhere else, and uh, and, and hopefully if, people are paying attention. And
4: if it were to happen in California, it would be worse because the, uh, half the state's drinking supply would be contaminated. Um, the governor Schwarzenegger is scared to death um, about this problem in California and, and practically the day after Hurricane Katrina Arnold Schwarzenegger understood that this that this was a fe- a national problem but and see at least he, he could go work. back
5: in time and fix it We <laughs> <laughs> couldn't do that here in Louisiana <laughs> I'm sorry he's got nice an edge well played that's
4: <laughs> pretty funny but it is a serious issue obviously it's a serious issue. And there are people in America. Well, Charlie Melanson, um, bless his heart, un- said it best. There are members of Congress that don't understand what happened in New Orleans and Louisiana on August 29th. And there are members of Congress that don't want to know. Mm. And he says there's only two kinds.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he, right.
4: I think he said it best. Yeah, that's
5: a very good way So w- <laughs> do you have any advice for our listeners on the Internet that are all over the world? What can they do? How can they help your efforts, and how can they spread the word? Uh, is there anything specific that you'll y'all have that you want people to know I about?
4: I do. I have two suggestions. One is to stop referring to um, the flooding of New Orleans as being caused by Katrina. Uh, the flooding of New Orleans was because of engineering failure, and the failure of the federal levies, and uh, just to stop using the word Katrina. That's one suggestion one. And suggestion two is to log on to www.levies.org and just become a supporter, and, and the, the, those numbers matter. We're almost 20,000 members, and if we just get the word out that what happened um, was the worst engineering disaster in the world since Chernobyl and not a matter of the, the, this is not the, the New Orleanians' fault, it's, we did not bring this upon ourselves, we think that's going to create a whole lot better environment for the, for the state of Louisiana and the region of New Orleans to get the assistance they need and deserve.
5: And they need to understand that even if they don't care what's going on down here, it's not in their backyard, it is in their backyard, right?
4: Absolutely. This is a – there are communities all across America in the same danger that, that befell us.
5: And if they if something happens, they're not going to have any recourse. So we're kind of fighting for the rights for everybody, right?
4: Yes, that's exactly absolutely right. Uh, levy.org, org, even though it was founded here on a kitchen table in Lafayette, <laughs> it is actually a uh, a federal a federal organization with chapters in California and Florida. Wow.
5: So is there any is there anything going on right now where you can say, hey, you might want to. Contact your your senator, your uh, representative.
4: Thank you very much. Uh, We are uh, currently urging our our members to uh, our supporters to write to the members of Congress and demand the 829 Investigation Act. And all you have to do is, if you look on the homepage of levies.org, there's a big blue box that says "Send a letter," and with one click of a mouse, you you will send a letter to your to your members of Congress.
5: We'll put that on our website too,
4: as well. Thank you. Thank you that's true grassroots at work absolutely <laughs> yep.
5: and are are y'all doing anything to try to help the burden that people have insurance wise i mean are you are you making the insurance agencies aware of the progress that y'all are making in protecting the city?
4: Uh, Levy.org is, is focused on ed, ed, uh, education, a mission of education, and passing federal laws uh, to change the way the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers does business. And you'd be surprised how much energy it takes just to do those things. So, no, we haven't, <laughs> is we, there another organization, we haven't taken though? on insurance yet. No. Um, you know something? I'm not aware of, a, of any grassroots groups working with the insurance companies. Not so that I you're know working of.
5: on reform in – in this area of we, we keeping are, the uh, Corps of engineers acting ethically and honorably,
4: we we are focused on changing laws uh, that because right now the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, and by the way, now I live here and I see there are good people at the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers working hard to fix and rebuild our levees, and I'm not singling out any individuals at the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. However, the agency as an organization has way too much power and way too little oversight.
5: Yeah, no accountability.
4: And That's right. And changes must be made in the way the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers has been structured. As far back as Truman's uh, um, – when he was president, as far back as then, he felt that the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers had way too much power. And he was right.
5: Well – It's a lot to think about, and hopefully people will be paying attention to this issue because, as we've said, it's not directly related to New Orleans. This is going to affect everybody eventually. And, Sandy, I want to thank you for your time. And uh, your website is org. People can visit it and participate and uh, find out more about that. And we'll also have some information up on bsalert.com. Thank you. And there we go. Another episode of the BS Alert Show want to thank Sandy Rosenthal of was great for coming out. And uh, it was really illuminating. I think people don't understand that what's happening to New Orleans uh, is a precursor of what will inevitably happen all around the country. If The Army Corps of Engineers have got all kinds of sweetheart deals with contracting companies that have figured out that if they build this stuff half-assed, they can save money, and there is no accountability.
6: Hey, you know what I find interesting? I find it interesting that uh, Sandy mentioned the uh, Investigation Act. And uh, has she said that they have given the Investigation Act to our fine Senator, Mary Landrew, And yet, I've heard nothing about it uh, being introduced into Congress. Yeah, we're going to
5: put a link up on our website about that. But basically, they've been working on this for a year. It's a bill that they're trying to get through Congress, which is going to demand an investigation into what's going on and also to clarify some issues of uh, accountability. And this is going to affect everybody. This is not just a Louisiana, New Orleans, Gulf Coast thing. This has to do with whether or not your taxpayer dollars that go towards projects that are supposed to protect you in your home state.
6: Projects which you cannot direct or oversee.
5: Whether or not, if it's done and it doesn't work, there is any accountability. Right now, apparently, there isn't. And uh, everybody needs to pay attention to this. So contact your senator and your representative and demand that this 829 Investigation Act be supported by your people.
6: Just as soon as our senator introduces it right. to the right uh, uh, We also g- perhaps need to... Uh...
5: We need to get Mary Landrew or David Vitter... Any of them, if they can pull their heads out of some lobbyist ass and uh, uh, actually start representing the people uh, that elected them, maybe this bill can can uh, make its way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it. Be sure to visit us on the web: www.bsalert.com. Podcast can be found on iTunes. And if you have any uh, questions, follow up comments. Send them to BSA staff B-S-A-S-T-A-F-F, at com. Unless um, you don't like it, in which yeah. case. <laughs> no, 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 especially if you don't like it, uh, oh, because uh, we'll, we'll answer all mail. Send us some mail. If we get enough responses, we'll start doing a little segment on the show where we'll answer if you were mail. <laughs> Crackpot corner.
3: Yeah.
4: <laughs>
5: well, we're probably the crackpots. Uh, yeah. so everybody else is just going to correct us.
3: Uh, hey, crackpots need <laughs> our corner, too. Yeah, indeed. yeah. India.
5: yeah. Well, thanks for listening. Please go out and tell your friends and visit us on the web. Thank you.
0: Now, wait a minute. What is happening?